It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, John. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Lucky Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. Stay tuned, because it's on now. The Tom Sumner Program. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. program. Hi, this is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Shot is dead. Come 
mama said that's the reason the old man don't ever show up here. It's just a white trash Christmas that comes this time of year. said it before and I'll say it again the talent pool in and from Flint and the surrounding area is as good as any you're going to find anywhere in the world that was the Flint Arrowhead Barbershop Chorus uh, singing We Wish You a Merry Christmas uh, from the Tom Sumner Show and uh, before that C.J. Roberts White Trash Christmas and 
I won't play Christmas music before it's time, but when I do, our Christmas music is better than everybody else's because it's local. And thank you, CJ, for uh, letting me uh, play that that song. And we'll have some more Christmas music by local artists as we kick off the holiday season on uh, today's Thanksgiving edition of the Tom Sumner Program. Up next, we're going to talk with... Uh, the National Commander of the American Legion, Paul Dillard, who represents an awful lot of people that we should make sure and remember to be thankful for when we're giving our thanks today on this uh, Thanksgiving. And I know it's a little bit early to be thinking about turkey. I'm sure you're probably smelling it all over the house, but it's, um, as C.J. Roberts would say, you know, when it's, when it's ready, go on, get you some. <laughs> anyway, we got lots of um, great stuff coming up yet today on the show. We'll have a, we'll have a special uh, kind of holiday edition part two tomorrow. Although tomorrow being Black Friday, we're probably going to talk. A, well, I know we're going to kick it off talking about uh, holiday spending and family traditions and and all that kind of stuff. In and then, and then we'll get, we have an interesting interview, I think, coming up in the uh, third half of our three-hour tour, because we are kicking off a weekend, um, so we always kind of turn the spotlight on music or Hollywood or something. We're going to go back in time and talk about uh, Olivia de Havilland. That's going to be... Uh, it's going to be interesting. I know that because I've already done the interview. It's pre-recorded, but... Uh, but I think you'll enjoy it, so be sure and tune in tomorrow and, and let us keep you company this Thanksgiving weekend. And welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program. My guest this hour was just uh, recently elected to the post of National Commander for the American Legion, which is... Uh, the country's oldest veterans organization. His name is uh, Paul Dillard from Texas, and he joins me by phone. Good morning, Paul. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you for having me. And should I say congratulations, or, or should I give some condolences, because now the buck stops with you? <laughs> well, I've sort of told some folks it may be condolences sometimes. Now, who was... Um, who was the last national commander? Who did you take over from? Bill Oxford from North Carolina. William Oxford. We call him Bill Oxford. That's right. Bill was on the show. I, I, I was trying to think of when that yes, was sir. exactly. It was a year ago, maybe. Um, but it seems to me Probably like... Probably about a year ago. I don't know exactly where I'm from. Yeah. He'd About this time a year ago. How long do the terms run? It seems like he had been in that post for quite a while. Yes, a normal term uh, is one year uh, from uh, right around 1st September, whenever national convention is, until the following. But uh, because of the uh, pandemic, uh, we were not able to have a convention uh, in Kentucky uh, in 2020. And so we had to cancel that, so he had to keep reins and and run it for another 12 months. But the, the travel was very, very limited. Now, 
Paul, um, after you got elected, you said your theme as national commander um, of the American Legion is no veteran left behind. Um, what do you mean when you say that? In in what ways are veterans being left behind? Well, the no veteran behind, what I'm really looking at there is, and the national organization also, our priority is preventing veteran suicide. So that's our big push on that. Has it always been that, or is that something that has evolved in in the last decade or two because of an increase in suicide cases among soldiers and vets? Yes, uh, you know, because the numbers fluctuate. Uh, they still call it 18, some call it 20, some call it 22 veterans a day suicide. And so, yes, uh, uh, that's always been our concern, but, but we feel like now that it's been talked about long enough and we need to take more proactive and get some results. And we started the buddy check bill uh, three years ago in the American Legion. It seems to be working. And not only that, but also our active duty. Their uh, uh, suicide has increased by 15% this uh, last year. And so uh, we really need we really need to get proactive, and that's the reason we've got a buddy check bill in Congress now that's been passed by the Senate, and it's been sent to the House, and we need to get that bill on the floor and get it passed because there's there's things in there that we definitely feel like will help with our experience over the three years that we've been doing buddy check in the American Legion, not just the Legionnaires, but the veterans in general, all veterans. The um, American Legion is is closely associated with the GI Bill, for people who remember that or or have read about it. Um, is how are relations between the American Legion and Congress? Oh, I think it's very good as far as between American Legion and Congress because we're just there to to basically uh, uh, enforce their decisions. Uh, we know it's their decisions, but when we see things that that either, uh, whether it's our active duty, uh, whether men and women in uniform, when they're put in harm's way, we want to make sure they got the best, and also to make sure we take care of those uh, veterans that have served this nation that are in time of need, just like the uh, uh, veteran suicide, you know, and... Uh, uh, this this buddy check bill goes a long way because it, it it helps us in getting the things done and it is nonpartisan. So uh, uh, we need Congress to uh, uh, the House representative to get it on the floor because it passed the Senate uh, unanimous without any amendments because it is nonpartisan and it's basically no funding. So we need the House to uh, get it on the floor and vote for it. And I'd encourage your listeners. To contract to contact their representatives and ask them to to get that bill on the floor. It's HR three four zero five. More with American Legion National Commander Paul Dillard straight ahead.
Everybody's doing a brand new dance now. Hi, this is Mark Farner, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can. Keep wearing masks correctly and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19 and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wanky stories we call the X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air, where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. I know of a place where you never get harmed. 
a magical place with magical charms indoors 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 take it away From Louis, Martelia Newman, from Marisha, Bertrand, <laughs> and the Tom Sumner Program. Hi, this is Deb Cherry, Genesee County Treasurer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Radio Show. More with American Legion National Commander Paul Dillard straight ahead. Do you and and other members of the Legion have any concerns about what will happen to soldiers that are being withdrawn? I mean, we've just seen in the headlines recently about the drawdown in Afghanistan, and and it it may have gone a little awkwardly. Uh, um, Some have been critical. Some have been, you know, glad to see it happen. But but what happens to the the men and women that, that are returning? Well, you know, as far as our uh, Gulf War Afghanistan veterans, uh, yes, uh, they, you know, they they might they might feel a little abandoned, but uh, you know that's where that's where we've got to step up and and get this buddy check bill going. Uh, so we can talk to them, we can we can address them if they've got issues and things like that. And uh, you know, people people can go on and visit the Legion friends, and 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 check that, and so can the soldiers. We want to make sure the American Legion is a is a safe harbor for all veterans, and they're willing to open. The, you know, they can come, over. and uh, especially if they need help, we're there for all veterans. Now you you've said suicide prevention is a priority for the legion. Um, what are some of the things aside from? I mean, buddy check is is great, and and it's been around for a, a little bit, but this law will help make it a little bit more universal. But what are some other things that can be done to try to um, keep? veterans and soldiers for that matter from taking their own lives well we feel like because American Legion did we we started on buddy check about three years ago and initially we was talking about contacting any and all veterans not only legionnaires twice a year but it's expanded in many posts that I've traveled to throughout so far and some of them not only doing it once a month, some are doing it weekly because they're finding those situations where those veterans, there is veterans out there that needs help. And so, you know, it, it, it's very critical to get this bill in because it has the VA to contact every veteran in the system at least once a month. They call it buddy check week, but I'll say once a month. And also, if there will be some uh, uh, fund, will be some grants. So that the VA or whatever, uh, whomever, could uh, do some uh, uh, training on peer-to-peer support, so that if you do run into that situation, that you can, uh, 
you know what to say in order to get them over the hump. You know, uh, give you another 10 minutes, give you that hour a day until you can get them professional help. And there is a veteran's crisis line that a person can call, and that number is 800-273-8255, and then press 1. And, uh, you know, if you run into that situation, need the help, you know, get it there. But if we can get the peer-to-peer support training, uh, it will allow people to how to respond to different situations, not to be a professional, but just to get that veteran over the hump. What do you think it is that um, causes the suicide rate to be so high among veterans and, and soldiers? Is it is it PTSD? Is it um, just a, a sense of feeling abandoned and, and disvalued when they come back home or when they leave the surface? What what is it that's that's causing that to happen? You you hit it pretty good there, and of course, uh, as a Vietnam veteran, you know we went through a bad time. We come back, people didn't much care for us. I like and to think that America, very little of us. I I think um, I like to think, uh, Paul, that Americans learned kind of a lesson, um, and and have, I hope so. And they, I, I think a lot of people regret the way Vietnam veterans were treated returning home. I do, too. And, and we, we did vow that that would never happen to another veteran. Uh, the American Legion did. And, and so, you know, we're keeping with that. Many of us didn't even want to let people know we were veterans. But you hit it pretty well on the head. You know, why, how does this happen? Well, and, you know, this time's even worse because of the isolation in the last, you know, 18 months or so. Right. That's very critical, the isolation a person does. You know, they'll start feeling lonesome. They will feel uh, abandoned. Uh, some of them are homeless. Some of them are jobless. You know, there's those things that affect them. Uh, and, and why is it that way? Well, we talked to them and transition them out, we can help them a lot in their transitioning phase, and hopefully there we can discover if they've got a problem. Uh, If not, we do have job fairs at at a lot of these transitions where where we end up getting getting them, not only them, but their spouses' jobs. You know, in Texas, we do a fantastic, I can say that because I'm from Texas, (laughs) but we do a fantastic job on job fairs, and we really have. We do... I mean, we have massive ones. We did the first virtual one last year. Even over, it went overseas to Germany, and uh, I forget the number now. But we had a tremendous success, and and the the employers say, "Man, what a good crop to pick from." They're just uh, the employers that show up. They are ecstatic with the quality these young men and women can bring to their organization. So uh, it's been a plus plus. By doing that, we prevent some of this joblessness. Yeah, I think that's, I, I think that's a, a great thing. Of course, everything's big in Texas, right, Paul? <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm, I'm teasing you a little thing. bit, Paul. Um, but I know it. I find it I find it hard to believe that American businesses don't just line up at bases around the country trying to hire returning 
soldiers. You, you know, I, can, I, I agree. I didn't go through a transition assistance when I got out. However, there was three people, three organizations came and, and, and uh, interviewed us. FBI was one of them for me. And uh, then, uh, actually, an insurance company. And I forget the other one. But I didn't pick none of them at that time. Well, I, I just I, wanted to go home. I, I just think what the Legion is, is doing is, uh, is tremendous in these areas. Um, tell me this, Paul. What is, um, who are special immigrant visa applicants, and, and why is the Legion strongly advocating for them? Well, they're our allies. And uh, uh, many of the veterans will tell you, in the same way in, in, in Vietnam too, but many veterans will tell you that uh, they really feel like they saved their lives. And not only their lives, but they saved some of their other buddies, and, you know, brothers and sisters over there, the interpreters. And uh, that, that's, it, it's, it's, a, it's a commitment we've made to those folks, and believe me, when you're in a foreign country, foreign land, and you don't know the, the languages, and, and you don't have any of that, you need the interpreters. Uh, and then we make a commitment with them, with these visas, and we must fulfill that, we feel like, as veterans, because we've made that. Because if not, what will happen the next war? Will they step up and help us again? Because these people saved so many American troops and other Allied troops that, that's serving there. And in many and, cases, and, and being, risked their own lives. Oh, and their families also. Their families are very suspect, too. They're targeted, not only the interpreters themselves. So, yes, it's very important that we do this to get them out of harm's way, get them in a safety place, and let's, let's, let's work with them then on the visas, I think, and... In Vietnam, we took like 150,000, I believe, to Guam. That's where we took them to. And it worked, and it seemed to have worked real well. And so we're doing this. We're putting them in different places throughout the nation. Like I said uh, to one earlier, I was at Atterbury, uh, Camp Atterbury in Indiana about four weeks or three, three or four weeks ago, right, at, right around the 1st of October. And uh, there were 6,000 immigrants there, and they, uh, they, were, they were really doing a good job with them. Well, that's great. Um, tell me a little bit about the uh, about the Coast Guard Coast Guard Act or oh. pay our Coast Guard Act. Boy, you hit the nail on the head. Right Why there, is the Coast Guard yeah, different you know, from the uh, other branches of the service? Well, it's because they're part of Homeland Security is the biggest problem. They're not uh, DOD Department of Defense, and so Homeland Homeland Security is in the the general. Budget, basically, is what you would say. So they're, they're, they're not controlled by that. However, they serve just like every other military branch. And uh, like a civilian or someone that's on, uh, in an office somewhere where they're shutting down that office because they can't pay them, they can go out here maybe and flip hamburgers or something because that, pay, that, that Coast Guard, they raised their hand. They took an oath. And they cannot get another job because they're on active duty, and and uh, they they got to step up to the plate. And you know uh, the last shutdown, we gave one million dollars to the Coast Guard for E fives and below that had families, so that they could pay their rent, so they could put food on the table, you know, for their families. 
And so uh, we we put a bill in, pay the pay the Coast Guard Act, and that's what we really. I mean, it needs to be done. It can be done still, even though they're part of Homeland Security. They can pass that in in a budget. They can do a lot of things for those. So they can pass that, and they need to. It needs to be passed by the Senate and the House, and go to the President's desk for signature. And believe me, I'm, uh, it'll happen. You know, they still come back and pay them when it's all over with. So why not do it now? Why not not let them suffer that? And of course, fortunately, we were able to step up and help them, and we'll always be there for them. Can people who serve uh, served in the Coast Guard, past and present, um, can can they join the American Legion? Oh yes, sir. Uh, under the Legion Act uh, that we passed a, uh, two years, one year ago, anybody that served honorably from uh, December. 7th, 1941, current and through current times, are eligible to join the American Legion. And and anyone can anyone do that, or do they have to uh, have served? Oh, in they, some like said, they, the they have to be in the military. Okay, and uh, they, they serve at least one day and and be discharged under honorable conditions. What can listeners or really any americans do um to to support veterans um what are some of the things that they they can and and should do well first of all i would like to say on that uh, we we do have the american legion auxiliary unit which uh you you're eligible if you had a, a spouse or or father uh grandfather that was in the military you can join that auxiliary, and they support our programs and, and fundraisers. And also we have the Sons of the American Legion, which is the same. It, it, it's another uh, 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 member of the American Legion family that they, too, they too uh, uh, support our programs and, and help fundraising. And what can other people do? Uh, they can thank a veteran for their service. You know, thank all veterans. Thank them all for their service uh, because of this this nation uh, wouldn't be what it is today without the veterans that we have. And uh, ask employers to hire vets. People that want to purchase something, purchase from a veteran-owned business, you know. Uh, but you can get some of the best qualified people in the world by hiring veterans. Um. Also wanted to ask. Uh, you mentioned uh, fundraisers. How does the uh, American Legion um, fund itself? Well, the, the American Legion, uh, any monies that's contributed to our uh, charitable foundations, uh, whether it be Operation Comfort Warriors, Veterans and Children's Foundation, Children Welfare uh, Foundation. All of, all of that money uh, that is contributed is earmarked and spent only for there. There is no administrative cost. There's, there's all the money. Every dollar is spent on that program. And they can actually go on to legion.org slash donate and find, you know, those, those things. And we send out, we send out to our members. Uh, we even send out to some prospective members, uh, to donors. That, that have been gracious uh, to the veterans of our nation. 
and we do send them out uh, uh, inquiries about a donation uh, towards a particular fund. And then it, it all goes in there because we have no administrative costs to come out of any of our funds. It goes to any of our donation whatsoever. How is How does the administration of the American Legion fund itself, or is it all volunteer? No, uh, uh, we do have a national office in D.C. And, and Indianapolis, and that's the only employees we really have. And they're funded not only by the membership, but also we do have some investments that, that uh, uh, people have left for the American Legion, or we had good stewards of our money, and we've made uh, wise investments, and, and we take that money, but all, that's what pays our administrative costs. Well, it's uh, it, it's amazing the work that you do, and with you know so few people administratively. Although I suspect that you have um, an awful lot of willing volunteers to uh, do some of the things that uh, the American Legion does under its umbrella. What what are some of the uh, the other initiatives that the American Legion uh, uh, is fostering? Well, we're, we're doing, you know, we're, uh, toxic exposure, called the Team Act, and that's for toxic exposure in the in American military. It addresses the uh, uh, radiation, the burn pits, and other contaminants, and we're hoping that we've learned from Agent Orange uh, to, to make sure that, 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 we, that we take care of our, our folks on that. And, of course, you talked about the special immigrants. That was one of one of our big deals, and suicide prevention uh, is a big deal, and pay the, well, they're all big deals, but pay the Coast Guard Act, you know. Uh, so that, you know, that's a handful of our initiatives. We will have, uh, we're working on them now to line them up. We will have 10 to 12, uh, at least, that we will, we will present, and people can go to legion.org and go under legislative and, and see some of our, uh, See some of our objectives and what we're what we're looking at, but it's very important that people do contact their congressmen, their House representatives, and ask them to to get uh, the House Bill HR uh, three four zero five and get it uh, get it on the floor. That's the but that's the buddy uh, check. Yes, sir. And these are legislative uh, agendas now. You know, I will be testifying before Congress the Joint House and Senate uh, Veterans Affairs uh, Committee uh, about the 1st of March. And uh, uh, that's the reason we're working on our priorities now to get them, get them in line of, of priority. And they're all priorities, but, you know, you've got to break them down somewhere. Well, I think you'll be running into uh, one of our senators uh, from Michigan, uh, Gary Peters. Is right, I have not met him yet. Well, he he is a, a big supporter of uh, veterans and and the military. It, it's his uh, highest uh, priority is to support veterans and uh, people serving in the military. So I'm sure your paths will cross. Um, right, we're fortunate. We have very many. We have many of the congressmen that that do support. The veterans, and we appreciate all the help 
that we can get from them. We need them as well as they need all the all the veterans. Um, Paul, before we before we wrap up, I, I first want to say thanks. It's been a real honor and a privilege to meet you and get a chance to talk to you and get to know you a little bit this morning. And I appreciate you. Uh, sharing your time with me and the listeners, but I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about what we've been talking about. You mentioned the uh, Legion's website earlier. Do you want to share that again? Yes, uh, that's legion.org, and you can go in there and, and, and just look at the menu. I mean, you can you can you'll see commander's messages. You'll see legislative. You'll see Children and Youth Foundation. You'll see everything right there, even a place to join. Well, I that was... Way, if they can join three members of the family, the American Legion, American Legion Auxiliary, or the Sons of American Legion, we would invite them with open arms. Well, I was going to say Semper Fi, and then I realized you served in the Navy, and I should be saying anchors away. Um as I like to say, uh, not everybody be in the real military, the U.S. Navy. <laughs> well put, Paul. <laughs> thank, Are you still with me? I am. I am. And thank you so much for being with me this morning, and keep up the good work. Hey, I really appreciate you having us on, and uh, thank you very much, and every day's Veterans Day. Well said. Take care, Paul. Thank you, sir. That was uh, Paul Dillard. He is the uh, recently elected uh, national commander. I, I think I think I got the title right. It's here. In, yeah, national commander for the American Legion. He was elected in uh, September, and um, he'll serve out the year, if not reelected to another year at the next convention. But. Uh, it's always important to remember our veterans, and so it's uh, an honor and a privilege for me to talk with Paul this morning. We'll have more of the Tom Sumner program. Have yourself a merry little Christmas.
duck here, and every time I'm in Flint fighting crime, I always stop by the Tom Sumner program. Don't forget, stay dangerous. Darkwing Duck out. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Hell, Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the Bricks. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write to us at TomSumnerProgram.com, call us at 810-339-8255, or contact us on Facebook. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner Program where to go. Objection. I object. I object to that, Your Honor. Oh, hi, Mom. What's up? Dana, what are you doing? Oh, you know, just um, Attorney General stuff. Listen, I have a legal question. What is it, Mom? I just got a call from the water company. Apparently, your father has not been paying the bill. I guess they're going to turn the water off because we owe more than $1,000 now. Can you believe it? Actually, I can't. So listen, we just have to send them $200 in Edible Arrangements gift cards and that will keep the water on. Now, here's the legal question. What is the website for Edible Arrangements? Mom, it's an imposter scam. Imposter scam. Is that .com or .edu? No, the call was a scam. Scammers will pretend to be a government agency or a utility company or someone else you might do business with. A big red flag is if they tell you that you can pay them using gift cards. So when in doubt, ask for the information to be sent to you in writing. And never give a caller or someone you don't know your personal information or your money. If you do suspect an imposter scam, Report it to my office at mi.gov slash agcomplaints. Okay, all right. And Dina, where do I file a complaint that my daughter hasn't visited in over a month? Does your office have a website for that? Okay, Mom, I'm hanging up now. 
I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. U.S. Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Ladies and gentlemen, in Philip Rapp's creation, the Bickersons. It's Christmas Eve, and the Bickersons have not retired. Mrs. Bickerson is busy wrapping presents in the bedroom while husband John, exhausted as he is from the pre-holiday activity, puts the finishing touches to the tree, which stands proudly in the kitchen, the only other room in the Bickerson's small apartment. Listen. John? John? Will you bring the scissors, please? John? What is he doing in there? Oh, no. How can a man fall asleep on a ladder? I haven't got the heart to wake him. Oh, I'd better get him off of there. John? John! Oh, ow. What's, the, what's the matter, Blanche? What happened, huh? Oh, you poor dear. Did you hurt yourself? No, uh, no, I'm all right. How did I fall off that ladder? I must have fainted. Yes, dear, you were fainting like a log when I came. <laughs> Why, John? What? You never even touched your dinner. Not a morsel of it. I don't like the looks of it, Blanche. Oh, stop that talk. It's perfectly good food. You let it sit there on the kitchen table for hours getting cold. You want me to warm it up for you? No, just tell me what's on that big plate. Are you trying to be funny, John? I'm not trying to be funny, Blanche. What is it? You know very well I can only cook two things. Liver and rice pudding. Well, which one is that? How can you be so nasty on Christmas Eve, John? Blanche, I just asked you a civil question, that's all. I didn't think it was liver because your liver always looks like rubber heels. That stuff looks more like scrambled eggs, so I thought it might be rice pudding. Well, why don't you taste it and find out? I'm not hungry. That's why you're always tired, John. You don't eat enough. I eat plenty. Well, what did you have for lunch today? Well, you ought to know. You packed it for me. And listen, Blanche, I'm getting sick of carrying my lunch to the office in paper sacks. Why can't I go to a restaurant like the other fellas? John, what are you talking talking about. I haven't fixed your lunch for two years. Oh, Blanche, every morning of my life I find my lunch wrapped in brown paper on the side of the sink. Lunch? That's the kitchen scraps. How do you like that? No wonder I never have an appetite. Why do you do that to me, Blanche? Go on. Eat some dinner and finish trimming the tree. I don't want any dinner. I want to go to sleep. Aren't you going to finish the tree? I can do it in the morning. But, John, tomorrow morning is Christmas Day. I expect a lot of people to drop in. The butcher's coming, and the milkman is coming, and the... Listen, Blanche, I can't afford to give those guys presents. Why did you invite them over? I didn't invite them. 
They're coming here to collect their bills. Bills? What bills? I gave you money for the bills. Well, I had to buy presents, didn't I? My sister Clara sent me a package, and I had to get her something in return. No, you didn't. Nobody asked her to send you anything. Well, she did just the same. So I bought her a bottle of perfume. How much was that? Twenty-four dollars. Twenty-four dollars? Why nobody can carry that much perfume? It, it was only an ounce, silly. It's the latest perfume. Very daring. It's called. Perhaps. Perhaps for twenty-four dollars, you should get positively. Don't be so crabby, John. We're not going to fight on Christmas Eve, no matter what happens. Remember, you promised. Okay. I'm not even going to get mad because you didn't send me a Christmas card. I did send you a Christmas card. It isn't necessary to make excuses or alibis, John. I'm going to forget it entirely. I don't have to make excuses. I did send you a Christmas card. I mailed it five days ago. John, you you promised you wouldn't shout. Well, then why are you goading me like this? You know I wouldn't say I sent you a Christmas card unless I had. I never received it. Well, then it got lost in the mail. <sighs> Heaven. All the other cards came in. That doesn't mean anything. One card can get lost, can't it? If you sent it. I did send it. I swear I sent it. Had a wonderful poem on it, a beautiful picture. It was trimmed with lace. Cost me a buck. All right, John. Well, you don't believe me. Let's not discuss it any more. Okay. But I hope you don't forget to send one next year. <sighs> What's the use? All right. So I didn't send you a card. That's all. Why didn't you just admit it before? There was nothing to admit. I just said I didn't send it to end the argument, but I really sent it. What did it say on it? Um, it said uh, "Merry Christmas to my love." That could be anybody. Let me finish. It said "Merry Christmas to my love, my wife, my life, my turtle dove. Life with you is great. It seems I love you more than pork and beans." You're only adding insult to injury, John. Well, how do I know what it said? I can't remember what. What's that laying on top of the newspaper? There it is. There's my card. Oh, so it is. See, you didn't have to get so excited after all. Oh, thank you, darling. It's a lovely card. Wear it in good health. Well, let's open the presents and then go to sleep. Well, how could you, John? You know we never open presents until Christmas morning. Besides, you haven't finished trimming the tree. All it needs is a string of lights. One of the bulbs is blown. That kills the whole string. Well, can't you buy a bulb? The stores aren't open now. What time is it? Five past twelve. Well, that's good. It's Christmas Day. Let's open presents. You didn't even hang up your stocking. I haven't got one that would hold anything. They look like lace curtains. Come on, let's open the presents, Blanche. Come on, huh? Oh, all right. Say we haven't got very many this year, have we? Oh, who's this from? That's from Leo Goosby. It's amazing how you went to the one shaped like a bottle. Oh, oh, is that what it is? I hope it's good stuff. Ah, mm, that's not bad at all. John, that's shampoo. Shampoo? Why that chiseler, two-bit Leo? What do I want with a bottle of shampoo? And to think, I threw out thirty-nine cents on a tie for him. What have you got there? It's another present for you. Oh, it's from your boss. No kidding. Gee, that's a big one. Oh, what is it, Blanche? A five-gallon can of lighter fluid. Well, that's fine. That's just what I need. I don't even own a lighter. Well, don't feel too bad, John. Maybe you can exchange it for something else. Last year, he sent me a bowling ball case. He must get these things in a rummage sale. I never heard of such presents. 
Here's one for me, from Louise Shaw. Shoot, bet that's a dilly. Oh, Louise always sends something nice. Not expensive, but it usually comes in handy. Well, look at that. What is it? It's a polo score pad. Isn't that nice? That'll sure come in handy. Honest, Blanche, you've got the weirdest collection of friends. Is there anything else? Just our presents to each other. Why don't you look at what I got you first, and then you can show me what you got me. Now, close your eyes. I'll unveil it. All right. I hope you didn't spend too much, dear. I don't really want anything. Open your eyes. Blanche. Oh, Blanche, darling. That way, that's beautiful. That's a dream. A portable bar with a brass rail. Don't you think a kiss is in order, John? Oh, a million kisses. Well, stop <laughs> kissing the bar. I-, I meant a kiss for me. Oh, I'm sorry, darling. It's it's just too good to be true. Oh, you're wonderful. Uh, Blanche, that must have cost a fortune. Now, John, don't get angry, but I sold my fur coat. You you sold your fur coat? I wanted you to have the bar, and I didn't have the money. You sold your coat, that beautiful fur coat that you bought yourself for my birthday, that gorgeous bald mink? I got $75 for it. The bar cost $85. Oh, Blanche, you never should have sold that bald mink. It doesn't matter. I have a cloth coat, and I never get cold. Yeah, but you don't understand. Um, Open the present I got for you. I can't wait, John. Oh, a muff. A fur muff. Genuine plucked skunk. I had it made special to match that coat. It can hold two full quarts, and you sold the coat. Oh, well, what's the difference, darling? Someday you'll make a lot of money. And then you'll be able to get a coat that'll match the muff. I'm very happy, John. I know, but... uh, And you still have the gorgeous bar. That's just it. What's the matter? I sold all my bourbon to pay for the muff. That's great, isn't it? What a break for both of us. I think it's wonderful, John. What do you mean, Blanche? I've never been so happy in my life. We've both made a sacrifice... And that's worth more than all the gold and precious jewels in the world. Just to know that you gave up a prized possession is proof enough that you love me. I've always loved you, Blanche. I may holler and rant and act like a first-class crumb sometimes, but you never doubted that I loved you, did you? No, John. It's been seven years, honey, most of it uphill. I haven't showered you with diamonds or bought any yachts, but I try not to deny you anything. I suppose you have your little faults, what woman hasn't, or what man either, for that matter. We're both pretty sensitive people. Maybe that's why we beef so much. Still, I don't think we're any worse than any other married couple. At least we have a safety valve, and we can let off steam. Some of the others just carry it inside until the break comes. No, Blanche, I like it this way, and I love you more than anything on earth. John. Hey, hey, cut that out. I'll prove how much I love you. Where is that liver or rice pudding or whatever it is you made? (laughs) It's liver. I'll eat every bit of it if it kills me. Let's go. Merry Christmas, darling. Merry Christmas. Good night, John. Tom Sumner Program.com The Tom Sumner Program.com
from the Tom Sumner Show. Oh, yeah. Hi, I'm Alexander Zanjic. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Tom Sumner. <laughs> 